0: All right, that works for me.
1: Uh, it works for me, pal. Is it Dad, eighteen or nineteen?
0: Nineteen. We're gonna call. It, we're calling this f- uh, Fan Friday Appreciation Morning, Dab. You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls and
1: Anthony Rinaldi.
0: I'm going to say something
1: crazy. How about being like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, oh, gee. The show starts
0: now. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls podcast. Friday morning dab edition ninth. Teen fan Appreciation Friday Morning Dab. I am your host, Andrew Omanella, and alongside me, my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, hey, Drew. Uh, how are you? I am doing great, as always, and I'm glad we get to be together again on this Friday Morning Dab. Technology and all. Remind the people, Anthony, they need to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Social media blitz. WAB podcast on both Head over to nation.com. use the promo code digthedab18 and receive 30% off your next purchase. You have to remember that the Dab Podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie. Head over to Dig Me Nation and, again, use promo code digthedab18 and receive 30% off your first purchase. And lastly, before we dive in to this Fan Appreciation Friday, head to vm-sports.com, use the promo code Dab. And receive 25% off your tickets for the dinner with the legends in December. Four former New York Yankees talking about winning World Series, crazy plays, their loss to the Red Sox, the whole nine yards. You will get 25% off using promo code DAB at vm-sports.com. Anthony, I polled the fans. They absolutely disagree with the decision that Ohio State made on Urban Meyer. Your thoughts?
1: Well, apparently, Andrew, in college football, it's good to have a 900 winning percentage and a recent national championship ring that you can flaunt around because if there was ever a cover-up, you could say what happened with Ohio State in the past month is not only disheartening, it's deceitful, it's kind of, just crazy how to think that this coach, who by all means knew exactly what was going on back in two thousand nine, two thousand fifteen now, and it comes to light that one of his coaches was either reportedly beat beat his wife or was close to it. Obviously, we all know the story. It's a little fuzzy. You know, they had a two week their own. Obviously, they did their own little private investigation into the matter, and they came up with the grand total of three. Games, missed. Andrew, talk about a slap on the wrist in those three games. In case anyone's wondering, Oregon State, they'll be favored by 50. Rutgers, favored by 100. And TCU, maybe favored by two touchdowns. Really not, really not going to miss Urban Meyer on the sidelines there. And I believe he's back for the two-lane game. That's, that'll be another screamer in the, in the, in the, uh, in the box score, Andrew. So you can, see, you can see how, how State really, really wanted to drop the hammer on Urban Meyer and give him three games.
0: We talked about this a little bit in Friday morning, Deb, last week about how there are just a lot of fundamental issues and and the root of those fundamental issues in the NCAA comes down to the want to win. And more specifically, as we speak about, you know, in football and in basketball, the want to win games has almost become more important than certain moral values and the fact that any coach in America, to your point, Anthony, that was that had a winning percentage that was probably if he's not seventy three and eight or whatever his ridiculous record is, and he's like forty and forty, he doesn't have a job right now. And I think that's the terrible message being sent. And on top of that, if you listen to Urban Meyer speak the other day at the press conference after Ohio State ruled he was only suspended for three games. Anthony, it felt like he was annoyed. It felt like he was mad at us, the people, or, or the people involved in the situation, or Zach Smith's wife, or, or whoever it was. He, it felt like he was mad that he had to be there. And I think that's ultimately what's going to end up rubbing people the wrong way. If you get the three-game suspension, you handle yourself appropriately, you show remorse, and you say the right things, people can get on board with that but you come out and speak the way he spoke, Anthony. Well, now you really just put a lot of people on the opposite corner of you.
1: Oh, nobody, nobody puts baby in the corner, Andrew. I mean, he looked like he had a sour puss on his face. He read like the most generic, uh, big 10, uh, you know, note card, you know, they wrote down everything he should say, how he should apologize. I mean, he was so disingenuous. He obviously does not care about Courtney Smith's and her well Um, and frankly, I mean, this may be an uh, a, a, an interesting take and I may get some backlash for it, but I mean, Ohio State just suspended him just for Ohio State's sake. Like, uh, you know, Urban Meyer came in and I heard apparently was was fuming about the three game suspension, went to the board of trustees and tried to, like, appeal it and say, you know, this is what this is what happened. This is what I knew. But and basically he, he came out and said, like, listen, I think the problem was is that he he obviously knew about all these domestic violence occurrences, 2009, 2015, but the AD, Gene Smith, had no clue about it. So when they brought this up to Urban Meyer in 2015, he kind of played dumb and was like, "Oh my God, what this is the first time I'm hearing about this?" And he obviously knew there was some problems with Zach Smith deep down, but he just he wanted to con- he wanted to continue winning. He wanted to continue his his role at Ohio State here. And frankly, I mean, at this point, getting him three games. I would have rather just been like, you know, what, we're not gonna nothing. Don't don't, don't fire. Don't give him nothing. Just slap him on the wrist, literally, and tell him, "All right, it's football season. Let's go, boys." Because that's really all you're doing. By giving him three meaningless games in the beginning of the season, and I believe the eight, that's all his punishment was. I mean, it's, it's a joke, Andrew. And I, w- w- when it came out it said three games, I kind of like laughed. And I was like, well, I don't want to laugh. It's not a laughing matter whenever someone's being abused physically or emotionally. But I mean, they fired Jim Trestle for less, Andrew. The guy knew his kids were getting free tattoos, and they fired him. This, guy, this guy's covering up chronic domestic violence
0: and wins you know, and it's losses it, it's wins and losses and it comes out the other day too after the report after the interview that urban meyer and i believe it was a 23 page report that was written on the incident everything that was investigated and anthony it comes out that urban meyer has tried to either seek out a lawyer or seek out some type of legal i don't want to call it help whatever it is to try and figure out if old text messages and things of that nature would still be in existence. And when you hear something like that and you see this whole situation on play over the last two or three weeks, and you have just a terrible taste in your mouth from that, then you hear that urban Meyer is trying to almost go and find a cover for certain things that he may or may not have done in the last decade of coaching what does that tell you anthony and how if you're an ohio state fan are you so blinded by wins and losses that your moral as an individual is going to allow this guy a guy that is almost openly saying yeah i did something wrong because i'm trying to go find text messages just like we all said about tom brady oh tom brady why did you destroy your phone if you didn't have any bad text messages on your phone that said that you deflated footballs then there would be no reason for you to destroy your phone. Whether or not Tom Brady actually deflated footballs now almost doesn't even matter because that one action made everybody believe, regardless of the verdict, that that was true. And I feel the same for Urban Meyer right now. You know, the fans are. I mean, you saw it. they
1: had a rally where like a, a few hundred students or Ohio State fans were outside. You know, you know, praising Urban Meyer, saying he's a great coach. He's this. He's that. You know. And I get it listen, he wasn't the one committing the domestic violence, and he wasn't the one that was the one he he basically just lied at media day and that was really what got back to him was he said he had no recollection of a twenty fifteen allegations you know he didn't know that his wife was texting him about these allegations he basically played dumb, and i I bet you that the fans there are just gonna they're gonna rally around him i- I witnessed. Uh, a lot worse scandal at my school and the fans obviously and Joe Pod didn't do that either, but they rallied around him uh because he was, you know, the, the winningest coach at Penn State and he was he was their their universe. And I mean, everything listed in this twenty-three page report, which they didn't make public till after he spoke. So nobody had to criticize them or nobody had to, you know, really hammer away at any of the, the details that were kind of kind of fishy and and whatnot. And they basically they took the fact that Urban Meyer is an incredible coach. They're going to continue to win football games. They'll make hundreds of millions of dollars. No one's going to care about Courtney and Zach Smith in the next three to four months once football season gets ramped up. As long as Ohio State's in the top five getting ready you know, for a national, for another national championship, everything's going to be swept under the rug, Andrew, and no one's going to really care what happened here back in August. But I'm going to tell you, the fans, they're going to – I mean, listen, I saw some crazy stuff happen at Penn State right after this, the Sandusky scandal. All I'm gonna say is the Ohio State probably can be called sex toy university from now on going
0: forward. I agree with that. And so that that's my next question. So being a person that is a fan of a team that has gone through something like this before, what do you look for now? And I'm not even just saying as a fan, I'm just saying from an outside perspective, looking in from a non-Buckeye perspective. Die hard supporter who is probably okay with Urban Meyer still being the coach, just the regular person. What do I look for? Is it just a straight up culture change? Is it the fact that Ohio State has to do more, have more people around Urban Meyer? Maybe there's a deeper background check for every single person hired underneath Urban Meyer. What do we as individuals, but more importantly, moms and dads that are going to be thinking about sending their kid to Ohio State more specifically to play football? What is that mom and dad looking for now to say hey you know what that guy I could still trust him that guy I could still believe he has the best interests of these student athletes in mind
1: Yeah that I'm sure that was one of the heavy questions that the school board or this 20 whatever person board was that figured out what his punishment should be you know you got to think that his this guy is going into families living rooms you know 17 year old kids and promising them the world, promising them the great education at Ohio State, they're going to be part of a, a great fraternity of of, uh, of, of football f- players. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. But in the back of the parents' mind, they got to know that this coach is is a weasel. He's a liar. He, he's only going to do things that's going to benefit him. You know, any, anything that's going to help. You know, basically the Ohio State, and you and you're going to. And You're gonna wonder, you know, is, is is he being genuine? Is he being, you know, forthright? Can I trust this man to watch my kids? You know, it kind of goes down. It, it kind of goes along with uh, sadly that player who lost his life down in Maryland. Like this coach was in their in their living room talking to them about pl- player safety. This guy's gonna love their this kid like he's a, like he's a he's their own son. And obviously things go things go awry, and you can't you never know what's gonna happen during the football season, Andrew. And like I said, I give it I give it a month you know, let ESPN run its course about all that. Everybody talked about it yesterday, about Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer. Once football season gets kicked off, we're going to forget about it. And as long as Ohio State's putting up points, and they will, you're going to see a lot of people just kind of not forget about it because it's obviously a fresh scandal. But Urban Meyer is going to go on to win, you know, 10 more games this year, maybe a chance for a bowl game. Who knows? But as Andrew, it's just just the NCAA being a hypocrite. And I'm not sure if they're going to get involved and and throw down any kind of – uh, punishment on, on, on urban Meyer. I don't know if it's just Ohio state it gave him the three games. Who knows?
0: Oh, I agree with that. Cause think about this, Ant, there's still more investigation to come and it's probably not going to come from the NCAA. I mean, excuse me from Ohio state, obviously, but it's going to come from investigative reporters. It's going to come from guys that are going to want to dig up these text messages or find out why he's reaching out to lawyers and trying to figure out if text messages get deleted. I think that's what's gonna happen. It might not be the NCAA per se, or it might not be Ohio State per se, but I bet you get another independent reporter or one of these big weak companies like an ESPN or a Fox ant that sends out a reporter and says, You need to go dig real deep and find out what text messages Urban Myers trying to figure out about and why he's talking to a lawyer. Cause I don't think this thing's over. And I think that's the last thing I want to say to you is for some reason that when I heard the news, I had this eerie feeling that we're not going to not hear about Urban Meyer again. And I also wouldn't be surprised if that maybe not in 2019, but by the start of the 2020 season, Ohio State is forced into a situation where they have to hire a new football coach. Yeah, that's probably
1: going to be the worst case scenario. You hope Ohio State with their with their 23 page Dossier on Urban Meyer. They've they they've uncovered every rock and unturned every stone because, God forbid, something else comes out uh, where he was compl- uh, complicit or he knew what was going on and he did nothing. Then er, then Ohio State's gonna look like that egg on their face and the only thing he's gonna do is to fire. And that's why I thought originally they were just gonna you know lay the axe. Unfortunately, you know it's unfortunate because it's Urban Meyer, but I thought they'd clean house. You know, c- clean up the program. You know, instill that that thought of you know this is what Ohio State stands for. We are above just making millions, hundreds of millions on a football program. You know, we care about the people and this, that, and the other thing. But like you said early on in in the dab, Andrew, it's all about W's and L's and making that school money.
0: All right, Ants. It's fan appreciation Friday morning here.
1: Appreciate the fans. If you can't tell, Andrew, we're giving you away 55% off stuff between Dig Me and the VM Sports thing, Andrew. We are just generous, generous people.
0: Fan Appreciation Friday. So with that being said, we have to get into more questions from the fans. And I have a feeling that this is going to be one that really, really excites you. So I've gotten a lot in the last few days via social media on the New York Yankees, Mr. Rinaldi. But more specifically on your man, Aaron Boone, my buddy, Mike Lapresti, wrote into the podcast that and this is an exact quote, and I want your response To this, Ant. I want a you agree, you don't agree, and a why. Okay? All right. The better question is, why did the Yankees give someone who doesn't have their driver's license the keys to a Ferrari? Aaron Boone couldn't be less qualified for this job.
1: Wow. Talk about an open-ended question. Do I agree or don't I agree? (laughs) Well... You know, we came within one game of the. We're playing for the World Series last year with, with Joe Girardi at the helm, and like, yeah, he was he was let go. You know, we didn't re up his contract, and we hired Aaron Boone, a, a guy who, like you said, has got no no managerial skills. He was in the booth last. Um, I'm going to say I don't agree with that 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 your boy Mike. I appreciate his his concern, but uh, again, I, who are we, who were we going to hire back then when after after we didn't resign Girardi? Was there anybody? I can't really recall anybody who I was going to be like, oh, we got to get him. You know, we got to get this guy. Uh, this guy's available, guys. Let's let's, let's go after him. It's kind of like, all right, I mean, we, we came within a game of the World Series with this talent. You know, the coaches, I feel like in baseball, the coach, as much as they are important, they're, they're really not. I feel like Nowadays, you talented, you're right. Yeah, if you have more talented players, plus everybody goes by statistics anyway. So as long as you have a calculator, you can figure out exit velo. Uh, so I figured, like, all right, well, let's go with Boone. He's a baseball lifer. He's been in the system. He's been in this organization. His father was a lifer. He's been around the BM since he was like three, I, I heard, in the clubhouse as a child, you know, meeting all the players. So I figured he knows enough baseball. But, man, let me tell you, I, more recently than not, I, I almost want to agree with your buddy. And I, it, some of his managerial decisions are just mind-numbingly bad. And I wonder if, you know, you know, Again, Andrew, how can I complain? We are thirty-three games above five hundred, or thirty-two games above five hundred. We had the second-best record in baseball, and here I am clamoring about the manager and probably should be fired. I mean, it's it's not a bad problem to have. You think about it.
0: No, it's not at all. But I think what scares people is that even though you're 33 games over 500, you actually see things that when you get into postseason play, it don't matter what that regular season record was. It's starting to scare you and say to yourself, wow, are we even good enough to win a one game playoff? Do we have a starter? that can go out right now and win us a one game playoff because that's most likely where we're going to be and I think that's what's scaring people is it's almost like is this the first time in the history of the New York Yankees and I don't mean this is a slight to you that the fans are actually being realistic like we're not that we don't d- demand a world series right now it's almost like fans have stopped talking about how the Yankees are going to you know, straight up win the world series and started actually having discussion about what's going to happen in a one game wild card And I think that's what's happening. It's almost like a realism from the fans that, hey, you know what? This is a year where it doesn't matter how talented we are. This is going to be a dogfight. And so I took the comments by Mike and I I threw them on on Twitter and on Instagram. And it it all comes back to this, Anthony, should Joe Girardi have been fired? And I think that's the root of the question, because you're right, when Joe Girardi – gets let go, let's say, doesn't get his doesn't get his job back, you look at it and say, okay, what's the next best option? Aaron Boone, probably at the top of that list because the way he handles players, he's an analytics guy, he understands the organization, all of those things. But the root of the question we're talking about now stems from whether or not it was even important in the first place after what you did last year to get rid of Joe Girardi. I think...
1: If if anyone's to place
0: blame, I, I I send this out to
1: Mike. Mike, I'm going to tell you the guy that I'm I'm looking at right now is Brian Cashman. He he is the he is the cog in this wheel. You know, not a player, not a coach, but the GM. He's the one who obviously was tired or did not want to have Joe Girardi uh, persist as the Yankees' uh, coach. he was been there for about ten years. You know, he won us the World Series way back in 09. Won a few as a player for the Yankees, and I just think that. Cashman felt Gerardi's message was getting lost, and it's it's undetermined yet with Aaron Boone because obviously he's a baseball guy. He he knows the X's and the O's of the game. He's a stack guy, like you said. Um, he's just a he's just a, a I don't say a bench warmer, like a bench coach, but I mean really the leader of this squad is Brian Cashman. He's the one pulling all the strings. He's making all the moves, and Aaron Boone is really just there, it, it, you know, in, in, in name only as head coach because he was he thought Cashman thought that having Having a, a – not a mean coach, but a, a, a coach who goes after the players in the media. Players, players
0: coach, right? He, he wants a players coach.
1: Joe Girardi not, didn't hammer Gary Sanchez last year, but he was kind of – I want to say, you know, not nitpicky, but he kind of really – He played, wrote He played the position, right? And he wrote he rode Gary Sanchez hard, and he told him, listen, if you want to succeed in this, in, this, in this game as catcher, you got to do X, Y, and Z. you got to do this, that, and the other thing. And you actually saw the best out of Gary Sanchez when he was kind of confronted by Girardi. And then we see come this year, we're looking at a guy like Greg Bird, who sucked all year. Dude's batting 200, couldn't hit over, has an OPS, I think, of like 300, and a slugging under four, which is just absurd for a power hitter. His defense is terrible. And yet, Aaron Boone trots him out there every day, saying, you know, what? he's grinding, he'll figure it out, he'll do this, he'll do that. I mean, no, I mean, Aaron, lace into somebody, get, get angry, do something, get ejected from a game. You know, show a little life in that dugout. I feel like nowadays, you know, Cash, like you said, he wanted to go for a players coach, someone who's going to coddle these players, tell them it's okay. But I think sometimes you need that little hard, that hard nosed manager just to kind of, you know, gas you up, put a little fire under, let a fire under your ass, do something.
0: That's why the manager isn't so important still in baseball. And you made a point earlier. You made a point earlier that was, analytics is driving the game and you don't necessarily need a manager to manage and baseball coach. I agree with that to a certain extent. And I'm a baseball coach myself. I don't mean you don't need managers anymore. What I mean is certain organizations might not allow the manager to determine the lineup anymore. Fine. Most managers are probably actually okay with that at this point, because I think what you're going to see the trend now is personnel management personality management can you handle egos can you get the best out of players every single day and when management writes down and says hey this guy's playing today not that guy because of this number or that number or this matchup can you manage that guy's emotions so that three days later when you're facing a lefty and the management says hey that guy's got to play today because his analytics against this guy match up beautifully he's in the best mindset and I think that's what baseball managers are shifting to now. You're right. Maybe they don't write the lineup as often anymore because the analytics guys or the computers or the numbers are, are helping or formulating that lineup. But what they need to now be better at because of the day and age we're in, the personalities that we have in our sports, the the, the boisterous nature of professional athletes now in a positive way to either A, have their voice heard or have their brand Be recognized is so prominent that I think, Ant, if you don't have a manager that can, like you said, ride, get up and get mad at guys when he needs to, and at the same time coddle them and treat them like children in a way when he needs to, you need a guy that can hit the full spectrum.
1: And I think that, like you said, the managers nowadays we're going, they're going far, they're going a little away from the old school mentality of, you know, the I feel like coaches don't use their gut anymore like the analytics were saying, all right, this guy is, you know, two for seven, you know, two for 10 against lefties. You know, he maybe he might've went four for four the night before and on a 10 game hit streak, but against a lefty, you know, God forbid we play him against a lefty. So let's sit him down today. Even though he's been hot for the past two, three days, let's sit him down get him, get him a rest. And, you know, put in some dude who's batting like, who gets hundred ABs a year, who's, who's rusty, who just sits there. And then, you know, he comes up in a big spot, you know, it may not be a big deal in the beginning of the game, but maybe in the seventh or eighth inning he comes up in a big spot and you don't have your guy in there because you're playing the analytics card. And frankly, I mean, that just bothers me. I see it a lot with the Yankees. Um, It happened right after the all-star all-star break. Luis, a quick little side note. Luis Severino was on the mound. We're playing the Royals, uh, a terrible team right now. You know, the Yankees should have just straight up molly whopped them. We had our ace on the mound, but he wasn't right. I mean, it was literally, I think it was a week after the all-star game. I mean, a week after they, the guys had what four or five days off, and he sits down, Brett Gardner and Miguel Andujar, for Shane Robinson, and I think Neil Walker or somebody. Let's have you know somebody else. He was giving the guys he's playing the number card. He was giving the guys a day off, another day of rest, and they end up losing. But I mean, it's it's a random game in July, Anthony. Shut up, who cares? But it's it's just a pattern that I noticed with Aaron Boone is that when it comes when it comes to making the lineup and putting his best players out in the field, he'd rather almost just straight up look at the analytics and say all right this guy's been playing for a week straight he needs a day off this guy's been doing this he needs a day off Like i just feel like it's he just he just tries too much to to placate the statistics and 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 read into statistics and i mean listen the yankees are a friggin they're on. i
0: don't
1: know if the yankees are more in the hospital on the dl or if they're more on the bench because we just put chapman on the dl andrew gary sanchez is not right aaron judge not right Gideon Gregorius went on the DL Monday I mean you can't make excuses but when you start to look at the number of high profile Yankees on the DL we need Aaron Boone to make sure he's he knows exactly who he wants to put in and who who's gonna be playing what where when and why and how he's going to get this team focused down the home stretch Andrew because listen what are we seven and a half I think eight games out of the out of the out of, the, out of you know al East contention which right now is probably a pipe dream but we gotta we got a put some glue and duct tape on this thing so we can keep the wild card in, in, in check, Andrew.
0: Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whether or not Aaron Boone is allowed to make those decisions. Cause you might find out that Aaron Boone can't play who he wants to play on a given night because Brian Cashman has more say in that than any of us realize. Okay. Last question here on fan bag, fan appreciation Friday morning Deb. All right. So, I put out a question the other day and I did not think we were going to get a lot of response out of it, Anthony. And we did. And it was as simple as what rule changes do you want to see in major league baseball? And one rule came back over and over and over again. So the fans ask you, ask us, Anthony Rinaldi, if they had to change, a they state, excuse me, if they had to change a rule, they would change the collision rule, hard slides and, collisions with the catcher at home plate to that
1: say you everyone loves to watch a car crash andrew i mean nobody wants to be in one but you see it in football you see it in baseball i mean they're trying to make the game safer by taking out all these hard collisions and these these hard hits with your helmet and your head and let's and, and such but I, I agree with the fans andrew i would love to see mlb go back to the old school neighborhood play at second base um so that Guys can slide into second base without having to worry about, are they in the base paths? Did they touch the guy by accident? You know, let the shortstop or second baseman just kind of be in the area so nobody gets hurt. But let them start taking guys out again. And definitely, let's bring back, I know it's the Buster Posey rule, but let's go back to hitting the catcher. I mean, I can't, I can't stand it when I get a, a throw up the line and you see guys like tippy-toeing around the catcher so they don't hit him and they get tagged out and there's no, there's, that's it. It's, it's kind of like the runner is screwed. Because the catcher has to get the has 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 to have the opportunity to catch the ball up the line. Has to be used. there's so many intricate rules that I really just wish we went back to the old school way. And it's unfortunate, you know, Buster Posey, I think he broke his leg or something on that one play when he got, you know, tackled as a catcher. And they basically changed the rule of that offseason to because he's the franchise catcher for the Giants. And they, they, you know, God forbid the MLB loses a player like that caliber. But Andrew, I'm I'm down for going back to old school. I'd much rather go back to the old school way where guys could literally just truck the catcher and truck this shortstop second baseman, try to break up double play.
0: All I do is think about Pete Rose in the All-Star game, absolutely running a catcher over, trying to win that ball game. Anthony, it has been a fantastic fan appreciation Friday. We want to thank the fans first and foremost for engaging with us on the socials and allowing us the opportunity to do a show like this. We're going to get a lot more of this moving forward. And one other thing we want to let... The people know, of course, head to dig dig the dab 18, 30% off there. Head to VM sports.com. Go to the dinner with legends, purchase your ticket, use promo code dad, receive 25% off there. But next week, ants, I will be in Canada coaching some professional baseball, hopefully making our way on our own playoff run. And you'll be at the dig Me studios with a special guest.
1: That's right. Question mark, Andrew. Well, think uh, I want to tease the folks here, but I believe if schedules allow, we will have. I will be co-hosting in the studio with a former Big Ten college football player from the university. I should say from the university from Rutgers University. (laughs) My brother-in-law, the kicker, number ninety-eight in your program, number one in your heart. You know, I'm gonna. He's gonna break down all things NCAA for us. He has some good insight into how he can fix or, what, or thoughts on how he can fix the NCAA practices in the wake of that horrible tragedy at Maryland. And I'm sure he'll dish a little bit on Ohio State as he played them a few times. And he actually, I believe, shook the hand once of Urban Meyer. So definitely look forward to having him on the podcast. We'll break down some sports. We'll talk life. Andrew, it'll be fantastic.
0: I am very sad that I can't be there, but don't worry. There will probably be a voicemail in the box so I can get the pot stirring from north of the border. This has been Fan Appreciation Friday Morning Dab Edition number 19 presented to you by the Dab Podcast, DigMeNation.com, and VM-Sports. I am Andrew Romanella. That man is my partner, Anthony Rinaldi.
1: Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Subscribe, listen, comment. We love you folks. Have a great weekend. We'll catch up with you next week.
0: Dabpodcast.com. Head to iTunes. Head to Google. Head to Spotify. Get us everywhere. We appreciate you, the fan. This is the Double A Ball Podcast, Friday morning, Dab19, and we are Out. Oh. ¡Ah,